Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Buddy, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast. We are finishing out season two of the Deke era of G.I. Joe. And I am Race Decanus. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. And today we are talking about an episode called Cobra World, a the theme park episode featuring, as Gina would like to say, the Burger King Kids Club characters. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a lot of, lot of 90s, 90s Burger King Kids Club in these last few episodes. <laughs> Seems to be a theme, and they keep hitting every different member. This time we get the kid from the wheelchair. Yep. That's right. We'll That's get there right. when we get there. <laughs> uh, we are joined by a very special guest, Doug Booth, G.I. Joe writer, uh, uh, story editor, corporate suit, as we learned in our interview <laughs> in the last episode for Hasbro. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for coming back. Really part of me thought after that we recorded with you the first episode, you'd just find something better to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's snowing outside. I'm in New York. There was nowhere to go. <laughs> That's what we were really banking on when we booked this yeah. episode. So. Yeah, it's yep. true. It's true. If only there could be a winter, a winter <laughs> storm that keeps <laughs> Doug indoors. I think we can get him for two. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Doug, you—I mean, I'll just ask you right out the gate. You watched this episode of Cobra World. Before we kind of get into the specifics and start breaking it down, what were your overarching feelings about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them was, did I work on this episode or not? I really don't remember. Mm. Now, and, you talked about uh, this in the interview. Now, you said uh, half of these in season two were broken up between you and your partner. In this. And Martha. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we were just, we were working independently. We're, we're good friends, but we're, we were working totally independently of each other. And um, again, the, the writer of this episode, Tony Zaleski, uh, is a writer I've worked with as a story editor on other shows. and. Tony always comes up with good stuff and comes up with other stuff too. And <laughs> th th this one, this one, the, the, the other stuff was just like, when I was watching it, I was saying, wait a minute. So the burrowing toys come up outside of the <laughs> Fort Hobbs, uh, the Fort mm -hmm. Knox place. And of course they have to do that so we can have the interaction with the kids and all that. That makes sense. But then they just <laughs> blast through the front door. Really? Yeah, Did I do that? Down. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you whether that was something that I put a seal of approval on or not. I might have, because after all, they went back down the tunnel to get back to their amusement park. That's and correct. then I was thinking, yeah, I guess not everybody had cell phones in those days. So the fact that they're doing this broadside attack in daylight, you know, in the middle of a small town and a military base. <laughs> yeah, nobody, there's a high expectation that nobody's going to know what's going to be happening. And that's, but we'll that's get there where, when we get there. But I, my favorite part of that was when they oh. said, we got to go quick before. So nobody tells GI Joe, like they're not attacking a military base in the middle of the day. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I think <laughs> I think that really is a strong reflection of the differing sensibilities that when you're writing a show for a very young audience you think you can get away with stuff like that and you don't have to really figure out how can we do this in a way that seems somewhat believable and will stretch credulity a little bit but it's still going to be like yeah we can go along with this and or not or not and, 
uh, I tend to get kind of paranoid about that stuff. So I'm not really, you know, it's, it was probably a reflection of the sensibility and what can we do? This is what we have to do. Uh, but I, I'm not going to completely claim it, but, but I'll claim it enough. Uh, but I will say that watching, watching it now, yeah, it felt like a glitch. It did. I'm actually, I'm going to continue my streak of the last two episodes and say, again, I liked the concept of this. I think the, the, the base concept of Cobra buying a theme park to convince everyone that they're the good guys and, and they, they sort of, you know, can warp the minds of young children. That's a, that's a great starting concept. Uh, I think just like the last two episodes, starting concept, solid concept. I thought that was going to be the whole story is that like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to like, uh, uh, up the profile Cobra. We're going to do good stuff. And then I was like, well, gold, we're going to go to yeah. gold already. Yeah. The whole story yeah. here. That'd be awesome. yeah. yeah. I would have loved well, to see and, them and, just sort of, and I, I would agree with you. Yeah. Gina, to your point, uh, I'm sure Tony would have loved to have gone that route because he mm-hmm. enjoys writing seriously twisted, dark stuff. And it would have been a great QAnon episode. It really would have been. And it so it had yeah, that element. I mean, I, yeah, I was thinking, Ooh, I was thinking, oh crap, this this is how this is how people get radicalized. These kids all think they, they think Cobra Commander is great and he's the he's the real good guy and the actual good guys are the bad guys. These these kids are getting radicalized. Well, they are, and 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 it would have been a really interesting thing if he if he started recruiting them, mm-hmm. and started turning them yes. into Cobra youth. Yeah, and yep. then and then use them, and then use them to steal the gold or something, or yeah. simply just to storm Whoa. storm their junior high principal's office. Uh, One of the things that really struck me about sort of this episode and the twists and turns it took is: Do we all remember that really awful uh, loose change documentary about nine eleven? That got real popular, the conspiracy theory, talking about it was an inside job, blah, 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 blah. Now, I've actually sat down and watched this. This many, explains many a lot, Ray. This explains a lot. I'm not saying I believe it. <laughs> but I was curious what that particular piece of art had to say. And what's wild is it asks a bunch of great questions. And it says, how come this person was on this plane out of town when all the planes are grounded, blah, 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 blah. It asks all these interesting questions. But here's the deal. The question I kept asking as I'm watching it is, to what end? Why? And finally, in the final part of the Loose Change documentary, do you know why all of this false flag operation is alleged? Because there is a big pile of gold under the the Twin Towers, and people were trying to steal it. That I swear to God. And so when I was when I was watching this episode, I got all those vibes of just it's not how it seems. These are really bad people. And why? Gold under the ground. And I'm just like, oh my God. We need to scour IMDB, find every single G.I. Joe writer. One of them is QAnon. One of them was like, I got all these old Cobra uh, uh, plot points that I was I never got to use. I'm just going to put it on here. I'm going to change some names around. George W. Bush, but, uh, New oh, World Order. That is so fun. If we, at the end of the day, if we found out Flint Dilly That's a doctoral Q- thesis. <laughs> Taking every QAnon point and tying it back to specific cartoon episodes. <laughs> I'm telling you, if we found out Flint was Q, none of us would be surprised in this room, right? No, not, not, not at all. all. No. Not at all. <laughs> But I, I think Sorry, that, like, I this, this episode to me, it felt like, you know, having ri- having written on a few cart on a few kids cartoons, it felt like someone pitched an episode right. and said, okay, Cobra Commander takes over a theme park. And then like the, the kids sort of hero worship them and think, and then they just sort of, sort of slowly twist their little minds. And I feel like they pitched this and the execs are like, Ooh, we like the theme park part. Instead of warping kids' minds, can they just be hunting for gold? <laughs> uh, you are probably right because it's a little bit too scary otherwise. Yeah. 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 It's the it's thematically very scary. different. Yeah, shades of shades of wealth. Or even worse, to... somebody at Deke was like yeah. someone at Deke was like, wait a minute. We're we're work being young kids' minds. Uh, change the goal. Change the goal. They're That's our job. That's the Cobra's job. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like if it was Sunbow era, though, they would have they would have gone for it. It would have had uh, vibes of uh, oh, what is it? Welcome oh, yeah. to welcome to sunny to Springfield. Spring- to Springfield. Welcome to Springfield. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that was kind of. Yeah, I, I don't. Re- I remember that vague, very vaguely. But yeah, that that is what would have happened. Yeah. Oh, one of, one of the most memorable episodes ever. I mean, it was so uh, uh, you know, uh, what do I don't know the word? Dark and twisted. Subversive. That's the word I'm looking for. It was so right. subversive. They had to break it into two episodes just so we could all wrap our minds around what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Cobra World, that's what we're talking about here. So the Cobra World episode opens up and we are fighting in the snow. Maybe the Himalayas, we don't know, but it's the snow and it's mountains in any case. G.I. <laughs> Joe character, uh, we found out later to be Dusty because they did change the looks of everybody. So I wasn't sure who this was. Right. Dusty is surrounded, flying through the jets. And he says, and one of the most amazing things I thought, he said, look, if I'm going to go, I'm going to take as many Cobra down with me. And I was like, ooh, oh, edgy. I like it. And so... <laughs> He gets, he gets shot out of his airplane. He takes out a bunch of the Cobra planes and helicopters and stuff around him. As he's falling, he opens his parachute, which there goes my theory on Deke era. Although in our interview, we talked about this a little bit where yeah. there's no parachutes because my guess was they cost too much to animate. Doug Booth says, well, they probably cost too much to animate. So here we are. <laughs> I might have been correct. But then they shoot his parachute full of holes. And I was like, what am I watching? This is great. <laughs> he... F- falls he uh, falls he falls for a long time <laughs> long time mm. well the earth and the earth is spinning underneath him at which he yanks his skis out he starts skiing flies off the face of a cliff and that's where we open the show we get our you know got to get tough yo joe intro and what really blows my mind, you guys can talk about this with me, is when we open up, there's like a pause on his body with his head, his eyes open, his mouth open. And I really thought he had landed and was, we were looking at his corpse <laughs> for about two seconds. I thought we were looking at a dead body on D.K.R. and G.I. Ridiculous. Joe. And I was like, we got we got Doug on the right episode to talk about this. They went for corpses on the show. No, it was just a freeze frame before he continued to fall. But That's for two right. seconds, I was I was out of my mind. Ray, you must have a hard time watching a lot of shows if you don't understand what a freeze frame is. <laughs> Look, if anybody's using a freeze frame these days, I totally get it. <laughs> Those things just before the commercials, I were like, ha. Right. That was a thing in the seventies. Maybe not so much now. But I agree with Ray. I thought this was a pretty cool cold open. Yeah, yeah, it was really neat. I mean, lots of violence. The, the parachute getting shot was where I just like literally just was like, what? Well, also, but also Ray, shoes. you noticed yeah. that when he shot the Cobra planes out, ski shoes are pretty cool. I'd like to get some of those. But the <laughs> but the Cobra planes that he shoots, nobody gets out of those. No, they just explode. <laughs> So, as we said before, this is a pretty expensive stunt show. Maybe they only just do it once at the park's opening. But the park, the park's been open for a while, so I don't even know what we're talking about. Because <laughs> we find out that as Dusty lands, he lands on a pile of mattresses, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty convenient. And then he gets out, and we're like, I'm like, huh. And then he starts waving at a crowd, and all the cobras come out and start waving at the crowd. And I'm like, something's up. Even Ray's going to figure this one out. And then they pull back to reveal that it's a theme park attraction, not unlike the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios here in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And yes, that's my one go-to reference oh, because yeah. that show is wonderful. How dare you, Gina? That show no, is wonderful. No, it's great. It's great. It's the, the pinnacle of entertainment. Oh, indeed. <laughs> Look, when I, um, I'm going to sidetrack for a year, I worked at Universal City Walk and we got tickets anytime we wanted to, to go inside the theme park. So yes, I would show up an hour early to work, walk over, watch (laughs) part of the Waterworld stunt show, which is right at the opening of the park. And then I'd walk over to work and I would be like, life could not get any better than this moment right now. So yes, Gina, I I know you're being snarky. It is the pinnacle of modern entertainment, (laughs) the Waterworld stunt show. And I mean, was was Bruce part of that too or not? Was Bruce part of that? Bruce, Bruce the shark. Oh, Bruce the shark. Okay, I thought you meant Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, not that I saw. No, 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 no. Uh, there's always, I mean, thankfully, uh, uh, there's no anti-bat shark repellent, uh, needed, but Bruce the shark always important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
So, okay. So we find out it's a stunt show starring Dusty on the episode. At this point, Cobra Commander just sort of walks in and takes over the theme park. And, and, and understandably, everybody's like, so you just walked in with some tanks into this theme park. Nobody let us know you were on the way. <laughs> and you just, now you own the theme park. He goes, no, I bought the theme park under duress from the previous owner. Here he is standing over here being menaced by Metalhead and Road Pig. And <laughs> so he bought it legally, which again, I love it. I love the fact that he bought it legally. Like that brought me all kinds of joy because it showed an escalation of tactics. <laughs> and Spent millions of dollars to buy a theme way. park to get to some gold. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, he... Who puts a theme park next to Fort Knox? And who allows that to happen with zoning laws? I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's the world we're in right now. So we're going to that's live right. there. That's right. Uh, uh, and I think my favorite moment was Cobra Commander trying to be all. Uh, now this okay. So one, nobody's doing anything about it. Uh, my understanding is Cobra Commander is a nationally wanted felon, who they would need, not necessarily need a reason to arrest. But they apparently do in this case because nobody seems to have anything on him. So they just have to hang out with him. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine, owner, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine a world where uh, someone who has committed heinous crimes against the United States of America could just walk free. And I don't know. And, and, and it's probably play golf, for example, play for golf. Example. Could be anybody. Could be anybody we're talking about right now. Could committed be. atrocities and then goes and plays golf with no particular uh, comeuppance. You know what? It already happened. We don't need to li- uh, 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 litigate uh, with the past. Let's, Let's just, just move, move forward. All move right. Cobra Commander bought it. He's the legit owner. That's mm-hmm. accepted. And, and he, he wants everybody to believe he's turned over a new leaf. So he gets an onion. And he puts it under his mask so he'll start crying. And Chad, <laughs> I asked you if you have this sound pull ready of Cobra Commander. And I, I love, I loved his, I love this line. I love this line read. Mm-hmm. And I love the yep. response. If you could hit us with it. Is it so hard to believe after all these years of greed and evil, I've had a change of heart? Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Great moment. I do like that. Wonderful moment on the show because <laughs> I was right there with all of G.I. Joe as he asked that out loud to my TV screen. I said, yes, yes. <laughs> so when, I, when, the, when the people on screen are responding the same way I do, it makes me feel a little better about myself. <laughs> um, so he gets the onion and, and uh, let's see here. So oh, so he announces new policies for the theme park. Not only are all the uh, this disabled kids of America, what was this organization that was brought up? It was it was some sort of uh, uh, the Center for Disabled Children. Oh, I think. Thank yeah. You. Center for Disabled mm-hmm. Children. They're all allowed in free. Also, all children are allowed into the theme park for free. That's a smart idea, especially if you're trying to radicalize these children <laughs> to your cause. Uh, yeah. All of this so far is holding up a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah no, this like is I Facebook. Said. It's like. Yeah. If it's free, then you're the product. So like, that's what I'm looking for already. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I said, solid uh, opening. All of this no, very solid. Free. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and all good so far. So we also turn out. So we, we we cut forward to now there's like a, a, a at Disney World or Disneyland. They have the, the, the light parade with all the vehicles and everything that go through the streets. They have that similar equivalent thing here with repurposed Cobra vehicles with like Rose Parade floats put on top of it. And I am still here completely on board for everything that's happening. This is wonderful. <laughs> I would swear one of those uh, mascots was a Serpentor. Yes. 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 Yeah, I wrote I that I down too. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I liked that. I love a good Easter egg. Yeah. Mm. That was real fun. Uh, so G.I. Joe sees them. They turn the cut. Like, this is the thing. The, G- the Cobra vehicles turn their cannons and guns on t- on the crowd. Like, they're about to shoot at the crowd. And in my head, I'm like, that's the dumbest bleeping thing that Cobra could do in this moment is now fire upon the crowd because their entire plan ends at that moment. Ray, are you 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 have you have the mental capacity of a five year old if you yes. legitimately thought that's what was happening and not oh this, this is this is what they're gonna do because as soon as they did that <laughs> I was like oh it's gonna be fireworks or it's gonna be popcorn and oh, I was wow. very close I was very mm-hmm. close. <laughs> well, here's the deal. If I'm a five-year-old, then G.I. Joe is also five-year-olds because they felt the same way and they blow up some of the floats <laughs> immediately. 
<laughs> causing more danger than anything Cobra's yeah, going to do. To which right. your point, Gina, fireworks that's and right. cotton candy and stuff shoot out. That's and it's right. this magical thing. And everybody's really <laughs> pissed off at G.I. Joe. And what I love about this is they didn't, I don't think they called him Hector Ramirez, but very clearly yeah, they that did. was Hector Ramirez. It, it, it yeah. was Hector, Hector Ramirez. Ramirez. They okay. do yeah. later so and they, and okay. they also fit in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got it. What was that one? I'm, oh, I don't we'll, we'll get to it when we get oh, to it please. because oh, we have I'm, a little ways I'm, to go. But we will. Oh, good. Oh, I, I have it circled I will be on my notes. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I missed the part where they called him Mr. Ramirez because in my head I'm like, this is obviously Hector Ramirez, regardless of what they say. But they said it, so we're all happy now. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which point the, the the kid in the wheelchair, whose name is Jesse. Uh, he's like right. pen pals with Dusty and they like get along and Dusty for some reason needs this kid's approval at all times to a point where it's a little unpleasant. Just a little. Uh, yeah, it's a um, I think they called him a Joe Joe's big buddy, like a big brother's type big situation. Brother, yeah, yeah. but specific for G.I. Joe, which is I mean, yeah, much respect for uh, doing that that work. Uh, like every Joe is John Cena, apparently, and just has like a hundred pen pal kids <laughs> that they have to Probably. do at any given time that, that, that they take out for ice cream. Yep. This That's all right. Checks out. This is the adopted Joe program that we've been talking about for all this time. <laughs> uh, so, so to the point though, that the Jesse gets really, really mad at dusty. And I literally wrote down, go away, dusty. And then like five seconds after I wrote it down, the kid turns, looks right at the camera and says, go away. dusty." <laughs> and I was filled with joy. Uh, the media, of course, was there to catch all of this and spin it in a very anti-G.I. Joe sentiment, <laughs> which this, again, precursor to a lot of where we are today, I suppose. <laughs> the power of the media in 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 showing something as good or showing something as mm-hmm. not good and what they choose to do. <laughs> uh, so, OK, Dusty and Grunt go back to headquarters where they get officially grounded. I love the fact they use that term. <laughs> I, yeah. At first I was like, what? Are we, are we actually using a, a word uh, for Isn't kids? Isn't a military term? Uh, <laughs> is it? I th- no. Well, I, I, th- <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I just don't know. <laughs> well, like it comes up again later because then they say that like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, we've been grounded. I guess that just means that we can't uh, fly planes right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, uh, I'm into that. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it did feel a little bit like they were in prison, though. The way they had to, like, cut through the fence to escape <laughs> and make sure there were no guards looking. And I'm like, isn't this just a military base? Can't you just, like, go into town if you need to? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Felt a little weird. Um, so we, we learned Cobra's real plan here, as it was we, we referenced at the top. Fort Hobbs is a nearby Fort Knox-esque facility that houses piles and piles and piles of gold. And Cobra aims to use their digging material tools, uh, their vehicles, which we've seen in previous episodes, to dig under the ground and get the gold from inside Fort Knox, which I feel like there was the the train of gold episode of Sunbow era. So we've dealt with Fort Knox and stealing the gold for Cobra in a previous Sunbow (laughs) episode. So this is slightly treaded upon ground before. Oh, that was that episode was cooler. Right, you can never have too much gold. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine if every episode involves them trying to steal gold because gold's <laughs> a thing worth stealing. I did enjoy the part at the end where Cobra Commander complains about how heavy it is, and I was just like, yeah. "Let's bring some science into yeah. this. Let's okay. go." You think he would have learned? Because again, uh, we've been going after gold for many years now. Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I did. I think, should bring a dolly with me. I did maybe. think the line of uh, "Oh, it's terrible having to work for your money" it was was ah. funny. <laughs> It was good. Yeah. It was strong. So, okay. <laughs> so we have a nice action scene here because uh, Grunt and Dusty uh, have, have clipped their way through a fence of the G.I. Joe prison that they're in, apparently, and they find their way over to Ice Mountain. Did I get that right? And we have a bunch of swinging on vines. Now, I, I've never been to the mountains before. My understanding <laughs> is there's not a ton of vines to swing from, but Ice Mountain is a different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. Because they it's don't fake. just swing vines. Well, yeah, they don't just swing on vines once. They do it multiple times over the course of this action. <laughs> it's scene. like the Rainforest Cafe, right? It's it's oh. it's delightful. Gina, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> you want to? Yeah, can we just can we talk about the Rainforest Cafe for just a second? Gosh, <laughs> I hope they're doing okay amidst this pandemic because uh, animatronic animals and rainstorms. While I'm eating the <laughs> sea level. Uh, uh, fettuccine Alfredo, really one of the greatest ideas in all of theme restaurants. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole it's a whole experience. It's a it's a whole experience when you're at the Rainforest Cafe. It's not just about the food, right? <laughs> For reals, I went there once because it was near Meltdown, and I needed to get comic books. And then I was like, okay, well, that was a thing that exists. <laughs> and you know what? I'll just go a few more blocks to Wendy's. I guess it's you delightful. Uh, uh, Rainforest Cafe. Still there. Meltdown Comics, not still there. Maybe <laughs> you picked the wrong horse to back. Where, where, is, <laughs> where is the Rainforest Cafe? It's on Sunset. Uh, yeah. Sunset Gardens? But they're all over the entire country. If you did a simple Google search for wow. Rainforest Cafe, anywhere you find tourist traps. Yeah, yeah, because they, they had one the at downtown... Strip. And downtown Disney. They, downtown used, Disney? they used to have Absolutely. one at downtown Disney. Uh, oh, really? But it's a whole, you okay. get to eat in the middle of a, a fake rainforest and they have That's little right. animatronic Ooh. parrots and snakes. And like <laughs> once an hour, there's a there's a tropical thunderstorm around you. <laughs> of course. It's it's completely magical. And all of the food and drinks are themed. And there's a the gift shop is roughly the exact size of the restaurant. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Definitely yeah. bigger than the kitchen. I promise you that. Seems Look, like a I'm good place. Say, I'm working out. It seems like a good place yes. for Cobra Commander to take over and radicalize children. Be- <laughs> Ooh, oh, I'd be into that. Can I get that- you a hurricane drink? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, I'm not saying out loud that I'd like to get us a sponsorship deal with the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> but if they're hearing this right now and they like what they hear, my, my, my d- DMs are open, uh, Rainforest Cafe. Big fan, big fan of your work. <laughs> Uh, I will say regarding the vines, I feel like that was another thing uh, from childhood that I really expected more of in my adult life. Um, (laughs) Swinging from vines like in the Pitfall uh, video game or like uh, uh, Spider-Man used to always, you know, zip and then swing. And yeah, Donkey Kong. Surely we'll have. Yeah. More vine based conveyances (laughs) in the future, along with flying cars. I think you vastly, I think you vastly overestimate everyone's upper body strength, Chan. I mean, I think really it's the fact that we've been deforesting the world. Uh, otherwise, we would have had. Those otherwise, it would have happened. You're right. Yeah. You're My understanding right. is that's the central theme of the Captain Planet TV show: is more vines. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the pitch, and then, and then it got wiped out eventually by the suits. The suits. The suits. Yeah. Oh my no. goodness! So okay, so Grunt and Dusty find a hatch in the ground, like we're on Lost season one, you know. Mm-hmm. And they go down to the hatch and they find this big Cobra underground facility. They're on a suspension bridge and they're kind of overlooking. Oh crap! Uh, we have all of these Cobra vehicles, right. the digging things, the gold places over there. They put it together instantaneously, but unfortunately, Metalhead was just hanging out up in the rafters <laughs> of this Cobra base at that moment, that and he up. he finds them. That makes sense for his clearly, character. As we learn later, it had nothing to do with security. Yes. Yeah, totally makes sense he, for his character. He has character. a Phantom of the Opera vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and he menaces them. I say he menaces them because he doesn't shoot at them. He doesn't really attack them. They just jump up and down on the suspension bridge, causing it to wobble and shake and kind of lose his tail where they go back up through the hatch, swing on another vine, steal a Cobra vehicle, get attacked by other Cobra vehicles, yeah. win that battle. At, after they win the battle against the other Cobra snow vehicles, they they stop looking where they're going and ram into a snowbank. <laughs> Puts them through oh, no. through the snowbank <laughs> back into the Cobra base again, where they immediately get captured by Cobra Commander. I do and- actually really like the structure of this because it is uh, a redux of the fir- of the uh, cold open yes. where they're doing a fake version of this. And now they're going now like for real. real and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a fun thing. Yeah, that's clever. That's clever. I'm sure that was planned. I'm sure. That was <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so I, I appreciate this. Now, one of the crazy moments and it never gets addressed again, like I thought it would, is uh, they get thrown into Cobra Jail. Okay, they get thrown into Cobra Jail with two people, one of whom is the owner of the theme park, the previous owner who sold off to them, mm-hmm. and the second is a small-statured clown. <laughs> now, I don't know who this clown character was, right. what they did to piss oh, off geez. Cobra, or why they're in this jail cell, <laughs> but that clown is never referenced again in the episode, and I oh. really assumed that they were going to come back at some point. I like it. I like well, saw that. His- and. A- yeah, mm. it was Tyrion from Game of Thrones, and he, this was his day job before he became 
much more important. <laughs> I like I it. It's got a whole English cameo in this episode. <laughs> it's got a whole Twin Peaks vibe to it, where you're putting the pieces together and you're not sure what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the clown is in the prison cell, if I remember this correctly, like shrouded in shadows. <laughs> like, it's so. It's, yeah. And, uh, I, I had to go back and rewatch it again because I was like, wait a minute, what? Who's this clown? <laughs> Why? Why is he here? I want to know his story. Can we do mm. a spinoff episode just on the journey of this clown <laughs> in a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead vibe? <laughs> I think if you found the storyboard artist who did that, he probably yeah. has a whole story to tell that <sighs> no one knew about except <laughs> him. <laughs> well, okay. Now I knew. I, I know. I knew uh, who to reach out to. <laughs> At some point in the future, just, look, I know you've done all this amazing work in animation and Hollywood and, and, and programming. I just want to know about this one shot clown from this Deke era G.I. Joe episode. I, I I won't sleep until I know his story. Okay. G.I. <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. It's the Cobra Imp. Cobra Imp's a tower rocket power. The rockets separate the late down anti-vehicle mine. That's why the Imp's so important to Cobra. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Swamp Master. There's Storm Shadow and Shockwave. Swamp Master's ready for some Cobra chasing. Ripping through the swamp with cannon blazing. But nobody beats G.I. Joe. A real American hero. Swamp Master, Cobra Imp, and figures sold separately. Joe, Joe. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Okay, so <laughs> cutting forward, uh, the tunnel is now complete. Road Pig has said we have finished digging the tunnel into the Fort Knox Gold area, Fort Hobbs. Uh, no Fort Shaw, just Fort Hobbs. I'm okay with that. And so they go through the tunnels, and he says, well, we, 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 here's the deal. Uh, it, I think Road Pig says something to the effect of, like, well, we finished digging. When Cobra Commander asks, are we going to the right place? Well, we stopped digging. And then just leaves it hanging out there. So we should have known something was up. And so they end up burrowing all the way through. They they come up and now they're in the suburbs, completely on the other side from where the gold reservoir is. And they're in the suburbs, not only in the suburbs, in front of Jesse's house, where he is currently being interviewed playing ping pong in his front yard. There's a lot going on at this moment. <laughs> Hector Ramirez is there now interviewing Jesse, who's at a ping pong table in his front yard of his giant house. No, this is not Road Pig's fault. I have done this plenty of times before. I got Google Maps open. I'm, I'm searching for, you know, the, the place where we're going, the Donut King. And then I uh, then we're also going to go to this thing in San oh. Bernardino. I forget. I leave the thing up. Uh, the previous location. I'm like, cool. I got the directions. I'm going to drive to this, this place. And all of a sudden, here we are at Jesse's house. It happens. It does. Everybody does it. Everybody's done it. It's no big deal, Road Pig. Uh, (laughs) At which point, the kids in the media are like, oh, you've surprised us with a surprise parade. Like, they make it work in their minds. That's the important part. As kids do. As kids do. have to make sense. They make sense of it for Mm. us. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And so, wildly, Cobra Commander doesn't immediately take this moment to reevaluate everything and says, bleep this, we're going back and doing the initial plan anyway. Our initial plan currently is attack the front door now. (laughs) Uh, Our plan B, I should say, is attack the front door of this military installation that houses gold in the middle of the day next to this G.I. Joe base. That is Cobra Mm. Commander's plan B, (laughs) which I can see why he was leaning very heavily on plan A. so okay and not only that the kids in media have decided to follow them (laughs) and and Hector Ramirez is going to record the parade Mm -hmm. not any moment when any of this is happening does Cobra Commander stop and go maybe we should do this again tomorrow yeah this is where you realize how important it was to have Destro by his side Destro would have never allowed him to do that yes yes a thousand percent. Now, Destro in the Deke era is a different Destro. We just, we just have, uh, just, we have just come to grips with the fact that this is not the same Destro. From no, Sunbo. but he's still he the practical a one. Character. No, he is still the practical he is. one. Though. He definitely is that. The cool, the cool thing. What, what I really liked about the character of Destro that really got examined in Sunbow is he's a very competent, 
sort of corporate overlord kind of leader. He's the He would be the guy that would be selling you the weapons. But the second mm-hmm. that you take Destro and you try to put him in charge of a military unit and give him a mission, he is really bad at that job. And I really appreciated the fact that he, you know, he, he is a very smart man. He mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he runs this huge business. And he, as far as like designing these doomsday machines go for Cobra, this is the guy, you know, this is the guy you want in your corner. And then there was the one episode of GI Joe, and I don't remember which episode it was, but he was put in charge of just like running a Cobra crew and tra- <laughs> chasing GI Joe and GI Joe like rolled through a minefield. <laughs> but they were much smaller vehicles and they were able to get mm-hmm. through it relatively okay. Destro mm-hmm. with these giant Cobra vehicles says, heck with it, go through the mine and they all get blown up. Different skill <laughs> sets. Cobra, Different skill sets. And, and I love that about this character. Now, Destro <laughs> doesn't quite have the same nuance, I would say, in the Deke era, because mm-hmm. obviously it's for a different mm-hmm. audience. It's for a different show. Mm-hmm. Destro mm-hmm. here is more of to what you said, uh, Doug, is a Scooby-Doo villain. Mm-hmm. really at the mm-hmm. end of the day if we were to take off mm-hmm. Destro's Destro's ceremonial mask it probably is old man Cosgrove from <laughs> the abandoned amusement park no doubt no doubt <laughs> it actually makes sense that uh, Destro wouldn't be here and it, it, it uh, sort of psychologically that uh, Cobra Commander then yeah doesn't have the voice on his shoulder saying like man this thing costs like $30,000 how about we not do this how about, you know, like, just let's rein it in and we can actually achieve our goals without Destro. He's just like, let's go. Let's just, <laughs> you know what? We didn't dig under. We'll just dig. We'll just shoot uh, mm-hmm. at the front gate. That's fine. It's basically <laughs> the same thing, right? Let's go. The thing. And then nobody did tell him, like, don't do that. Just That's go back down. Point. The hole's still there. You could just dig down and keep going. That's with right. It. That's, That's right. Great, if there was ever a character that needed to, like, have somebody to rein them in. I would argue Cobra Commander yeah. might be number one on that list. Yeah. And much of the, the, the Deke era is nobody telling Cobra Commander no. No. He has Metalhead. He has Metalhead as his Metalhead's restraining gonna... influence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got two devils pig. on his shoulders. <laughs> and Road Pig, who took what was it, the uh, abandoned uh, extensive enterprises building and turned it into his own private right. uh, tiger. The tiger. Right. Yeah. Was it Tiger right. King Zoo? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like not not the guy who's gonna tell you no. <laughs> oh God, Road Pig is weirdly like Tiger King. Yeah. Why am I just realizing that now? <laughs> that that's creeping me out like way more than it ought to. <laughs> what was Tiger King watching in his childhood? Right? Oh, he saw he saw that episode. Uh, he saw that episode uh, uh, of GI Joe with Road Pig, and he just went, "Yeah, no. that's my no. blueprint." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see this future coming before me, but also a tiger is only $2,000. Like guys at the end of the day, why don't we all just have a tiger? Yeah, we could all let's go out and buy tigers. (laughs) Gina, you got a big yard. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll want a tiger in my yard. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So this is where we come across our, our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gag. Chan, I should have, but I didn't ask you for the sound poll. I have it already. Of course you have it already. Uh, could we hear that really quick? We got to go. We got a hot tip on some whining turtles who are stuck on their backs in the sewer. Right, 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 right. It's magical. Hector Ramirez has to split because uh, the Ninja Turtle story is breaking, and which right he... around this time would be 1992, which is, man. And isn't he, isn't that, is that one of the worlds that Hector Ramirez was in? I know he was also in Gem at some point. Uh, did he, did he make well, it to the Yeah, turtle? he was, but he was a Sunbow. He was in the Sunbow universe. He wasn't, yeah, he was I don't believe he ever universe. made it to Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hector yeah. Ramirez was in, uh, let's see if I get this right. He was in G.I. Joe, Transformers, Gem, mm-hmm. and in Humanoids. I believe those were the four. Ah, I don't know if he made right. it over to Mask or My Little Pony. Those are the other two worlds. Of the Hasbro uh, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have been Mask. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine that he would have been in My Little Pony, but he I could can't have. imagine he <laughs> yeah. could have. A pony version of I him, maybe. I think he maybe. was supposed to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think he was supposed to show up, and then it, they couldn't make it happen. But yeah. uh, that was supposed to tie everything together. I would love yeah, it. If, yeah, I is, would love it if the, some... The glue. Some new iteration, some new G.I. Joe. I haven't seen all the G.I. Joe live action movies, but I would love it if he showed up at one of those. That would be uh, fun. Spoiler alert, really I fun. do not believe yeah. that he did. Oh, <laughs> no. That's a There mis- was a My Little Pony, though. It was real creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. A po- Rainbow Dash showed up. It was, yeah, to what Chan said, it was unpleasant. <laughs> 
your Lord. Okay, so this is where uh, the kid now finds out about the gold. Like, they just sort of, like, in front of the kid, Cobra Commander just openly talks about, hey, you know, isn't it cool that, like, we have this theme park <laughs> scam that we're running to get this gold? Oh, wait, there's this kid over here. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't care. Uh, yeah. At which point they they decide, oh, go get that kid. Obviously, we're gonna go kill him now. Whatever. And this uh, is and this is the last. This is three episodes in the '90s. They were all about uh, kids can do it themselves. Uh, yep. So so this is one in this is the third episode in a row where kids save the day, mm-hmm. and which yeah. is a very '90s cartoon thing. Yeah, keyboard warriors. We had the two kids that uh, were operating the machine. And then shadow of a doubt, we also had kids uh, d- doing stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> They're just, the kids are all over the place in these episodes. And that's, that's I think, uh, a par for the course for like, again, to what you said, Doug, sort of the mentality, uh, the mm-hmm. tone of where these episodes are going. Mm-hmm. But what really, really kind of caught me off guard is the fact that Metalhead and Road Pig, two large men uh, trained militarily, uh, get outrun by the kid in the wheelchair, and then he uses some Home Alone marbles tactics That's to right. completely overpower and evade them. <laughs> ping pong, ping pong balls, right? A little. Yep. Uh, yeah. And well, they oh, probably were marbles. ping pong balls, which yeah, I at guess least gives them a more of a logical reason to be there on the steps. <laughs> That's it, because he was just playing ping pong. <laughs> yeah. Look at yeah. G- this is why Gina's the writer. <laughs> 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 Uh, so, okay. So he gets over, he gets away from them and Cobra commander's like, eh, I don't care. And so they go to attack the base. They overpower the front gate very, very quickly and they get in. Now the a part that I greatly appreciated, uh, and really enjoyed was they get inside to where the gold is and they find that the steel beams, uh, they don't have jet fuel, so they can't melt them. <laughs> like the way, the way they did at uh, the World Trade Center, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, and unfortunately, unlike the World Trade Center, it wasn't enough to weaken the steel beams enough to let the large heft of the building cave right. in. Right. Because um, we all know a beam, if it's weakened, holds up perfectly well as influenced and evidenced by this episode of G.I. Joe. <laughs> so they try to take some 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 uh, weapons, some tools to try to b- break all these bars, but the steel bars are too tough. They are unable to get through it. And so Cobra Commander comes up with the ingenious plan, honestly. I This made me very, very happy watching it. He says, let's melt the gold. The gold will run through the bars while mm-hmm. we will attach our what we already brought. So we were already prepared for this eventuality. <laughs> they brought minting press machines mm-hmm, with vacuum attachments to vacuum up the molten gold, stamp it into Cobra Commander-faced gold bars, and I'll be straight, I am 1,000% here for this plot point. No, no, no. no, no, no. I, I like the melting part. The melting part was fun. I was like, okay, how are we going to get this up? Obviously, some sort of like shovel or some Vacuum cleaners. Nope, vacuum I'm off. <laughs> I took the little eject button. Kapoing. Out of here. Clearly, you've, no. never, you've never used a Dyson animal. Thank you. Vacuum cleaner. <laughs> No, that's like a that's shop vac, were. but for molten gold. <laughs> yeah, right. that's that's right. you just got to get the special model that deals with molten gold. <laughs> right, you got to get the gold attachment. Yeah, that's right. obviously, it's pricey. Pick it up at Amazon. It's pricey. Don't get me wrong, but like more expensive than the, the one part. for pet hair. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it comes with a lifetime warranty. <laughs> <laughs> that's all correct uh okay so uh, of course our kid jesse and he's basically a member of new member of gi joe this has been a long established dog and you could speak to this maybe for me i've long had a theory that if you are a civilian in the gi joe universe and you help gi joe in their efforts against cobra in any way at all you are now officially a member of gi joe hmm. uh probably gi joe auxiliary okay I yeah. just, I've seen it happen too many times yeah. with characters like yeah. a Quick Kick and Shipwreck, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. just all of a sudden like, oh, you were in a bar shipwreck. And you helped <laughs> us navigate the desert when we were on the okay. run from Cobra. You're a Joe now. <laughs> well, uh, certainly sa- with satin. Shipwreck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't yeah. it? Satin, satin, I think, got offered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Dusty, as we know, Dusty's previous job was as a refrigerator repairman, very famously. So I no assume doubt. that he just answered the call to repair the Joe's fridge. And they said, that's good enough, Dusty. You're a Joe now. Well, there's one more step to it, though. They yes. look at it and they say, you know, you would look good 
as a four-inch action figure. <laughs> and once they do the die press and they say, yep, and you can stand up without falling over, all right, now you're a Joe. You're a, now you're now a Joe. You're a Joe. Yeah. Uh, I love this. That is that is as real as the world is ever going to get. <laughs> so the kid, Jesse, sneaks onto the truck with a bunch of gold. He evades all the Cobra security and personnel, gets himself into the gold truck under a sheet, at which point I asked Chan to pull this Cobra Commander line for me because Cobra Commander could not be more happy with, with how this plan is working out right now. And he says something that just struck me as weird even for Cobra Commander. Wait until it's dark, then we'll blow this theme park. <laughs> now, <laughs> blowing up the theme park seems like he doesn't need to do that. He could just walk away from it. But then the <laughs> random outcry of jillionaires really got me. Really got. I me. love it. I love well, but it. Here's, here's a here, here's a question: Was it blow this theme park or blow up this theme park? Oh, I'm pretty sure yeah. you said blow were, this theme park. I think they were going to lie low and then blow. Okay. Yeah. I like we're going to blow this popsicle it, stand. Yeah. I yeah. He was talking about explosions. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Blow this popsicle stand. Yeah, I wouldn't stand. put it past yeah, him, but. Uh... Okay. Here, I, you know what? I've been out number three to one, <laughs> uh, and I will just have to be accepting of my. I wanted to go Michael Bay. You guys wanted to go more uh, Joel Schumacher, and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I... Okay, so okay, the kid, the kid is now loose in the wheelchair. They find him uh, uh, in the area with Cobra, and he he takes out half the Cobra base by himself. Now Doug, he does the Scooby Doo. He does the uh, the this way, that way uh, as the sh- the hallway yeah. shot, right? And, right. And he he throws a bunch of popcorn at people, like over, like giant popcorn, and that was very very exciting. Uh, uh, he outruns all of Cobra, defeats in combat half of Cobra. I would argue that Jesse, uh, if he ever joined Cobra, could take over the world. Very likely. It's my argument. And this is, again, this is the moment when he starts, like, beating up Metalhead from his wheelchair <laughs> that I just sort of just, like, just shut my eyes and just had to tell myself this is a different Cobra. <laughs> this is not the Cobra you know and love. That's right. You just have to be accepting. Right. You can't change it. You can only accept it. <laughs> what you don't realize is this is the young Jesse Ventura. Oh, <laughs> oh you see, that makes sense. the wheelchair okay. was just, yep. he outgrew it after a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Yep, he like realized you he didn't need it anymore. Yeah, it's like a wow. peanut allergy. Like sometimes you just yeah. outgrow it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? The science seems to hold up. I'll trust Chan's judgment on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he ends up getting the key and he lets all the Joes out of the prison. Uh, we still don't see the clown in there. The so clown, the question is, did they right. eat the clown? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they could have. We don't know they didn't. Uh, and and honestly, like a lot of co- there's so many cool things in this episode, which is why it made me so happy, uh, Doug, to have you on here for this one, is that this is what I just generally found wonder in over and over again. <laughs> I'm so happy you got to be here for this one and not a couple of the others that oh. we have done previously. Um, right. Is the fact that Cobra took actual Cobra vehicles and turned them into like the train cars for the rides. So the Cobra, the Ferris wheel in Cobra world, the rebranded right. Cobra theme park is a bunch of Cobra vehicles. And the little like spinny swing thing is a bunch of Cobra copters and they mm-hmm. disattach them all and attack GI Joe with them. And that was some inspired stuff. I'm not going to lie. That made me very, very happy to see. And that again, could have been the same storyboard artist who, who inserted, um, Tyrion in the cell with the guys. <laughs> it could yeah. have been him. I, I don't know if that was a script. It could have been a storyboard artist. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work because G.I. Joe routes Cobra very, very quickly in this battle. But yeah. I, I was happy to see it. Well, uh, we've noticed in a few of these episodes, and Sunbow occasionally did it. Deke era does it a little bit more, where we have about 90 seconds to go in the episode, and we realize we're, we haven't finished, we haven't wrapped it up yet. So often there's a very final battle that gets very anticlimactic because we mm-hmm. just have run out of time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which unfortunately can happen when you've got so many cool ideas happening all at once. <laughs> uh, this is where we get the bit where we, we we cut to. So Cobra's been defeated. Now we get to see like how is Cobra trying to like still get a win out of this scenario? And we see Cobra Commander with piles and piles of this gold around him, but he can't lift it. Which is just, I mean, like what a what a Greek mythology moment for Cobra. Commander. <laughs> Treasure of the Sierra Madre all over That's again. It. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And so, uh, and and then we, he pulls out, he says, I can only lift like maybe one of these. I'm not, I'm not here for my strength. <laughs> he calls up on his comms. 
get Metalhead and Road Pig, two stronger characters, especially Road Pig. Help me grab this gold. We cut to them. Those two didn't even know a battle was happening. They are instead <laughs> in the fairgrounds fairway of the of the amusement park fighting over a stuffed teddy bear and both of them believe that they have won fairly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the- they own this place they could have just taken individual teddy bears <laughs> just home. that would have been cheating <laughs> and, Fair and, point. and the final button on this episode and one that I enjoyed <laughs> is that all, all of this has been cleaned up. The, uh, the, the theme park is now being owned by its proper owner. Again, they've the lead, the GI Joe legal as they called them <laughs> in this episode, which also brought me a lot of joy with the idea that just like, there's like legal Joe's, you know, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my name is briefs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's, that's funny. And, and, and so the, it's all been put back. All the Cobra's been routed from the theme park. The, the ownership's reverted, but they can't seem to find all of the main Cobra characters. How did they possibly get out under our noses? Cut to they're all wearing theme park, uh, you know, like uh, mascot outfits, mm-hmm. uh, which I I loved. Yeah, I this loved was a fun it. bit. This was a fun bit. Uh, a real shout out to, I believe it was the Pyramid of Darkness episode, how it ends with Cobra on the subway and they're all wearing costumes like Cobra Commander is a nurse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or was it something like that? Yeah, like one of them's like like a, a homeless person, and one of them's mm-hmm. a nurse, and mm-hmm. all of them are completely off mm-hmm. character, just riding the mm-hmm. subway to get out of town. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I got shades of that, and that made me happy. This made me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you put you put these iconic characters in goofy ass uh, uh, mascot costumes, and look, Ray's gonna be giggling like a like a five year old. I. I may have been a little bit too weirded out by uh, uh, Jesse asking uh, uh, Dusty to be his big buddy Joe again. <laughs> Fine. Then he hugs him <laughs> and he hugs him for a real long time. Yeah. And yeah. Jesse keeps talking over his shoulder. It's like, okay, Dusty, you, you, can, you can stop now. You can go now. You can go now. <laughs> Just the way that part was framed, too, because the kid's in the wheelchair sitting there, obviously. Dusty is standing like next to him. He's a grown man standing next to this right. kid in the wheelchair. He goes, let's hug. Dusty's like upper body, the way they animate it, like doesn't move. Like his knees don't move. He just sort of hovers <laughs> downwards <laughs> to where I assume he broke his back in half trying to assemble this hug because Jesse is Jesse Ventura. He's very, very strong. And he That's probably right. shattered Dusty's back. He I'm assuming we're did. not going to see Dusty. Dusty we're never going to see Dusty again, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, there won't be there won't be any of those lawsuits after 20 years, you know, like against the Catholic Church or anything. <laughs> he gets oh, his Lord. he gets his back shattered like Barbara Gordon uh, in the DC Comics, uh-huh. and this is obviously the transition where Jesse no longer needs the wheelchair because he put Dusty in one. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that's how the writing sense. comes together. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> this is, and this also shows why I'm not a TV writer. Well, no, there are there are there are so many untold stories that we have yes. unearthed in this episode. I mean, <laughs> I want to find out about this clown. I really do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm sure in GI Joe Resolute we actually get to that. <laughs> probably nuke the clown. To be fair, <laughs> what I remember of that. But we'll get there when we get there. That's seasons down the road. Chip. I mean, is it possible that the clown is one of the missing Sunbow characters? Is it? Is it? You know, oh, no. shipwreck in, under there. Is, is that where he's been for the whole Deke era, GI Joe? That would make so much sense. Gina, to because answer he it. did something wrong, they had to terminate his contract, mm-hmm. so he had to work at the three theme park as a clown. Mm-hmm. But he was he wanted to get back, but they just <laughs> couldn't figure out his way in. <laughs> I have an alternate theory to something Gina has asked of us before. When we did that episode where they go to the building of extensive enterprises, the thing Gina was most upset about was no Tomax and no Zaymon. Yes. We right. also theorized one of them might have killed the other one <laughs> at some point. Now, what if that clown, because he is there with an owner of a theme park, what if it's the remaining living brother of Tomax or Zaymon working deep undercover in a financial capacity? In a financial capacity, definitely. <laughs> and that's and they found him out. They had to throw him in the jail. And then when his identity was found out by G.I. Joe, they had to eat him. And also clowns well, are they, very well, athletic. Yeah, they, they do a lot of tumbling and things like that. So they, they the clown are. cover all works. But the, my my question is, did they have to cut him off at the knee and give him new feet? Because those guys were not short characters, and this guy was rather short. So That's I wonder. True. But they're masters of disguise. Of him. 
they're oh, wow. they're masters of disguise they already though. Yeah. Art of it. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's just it. We've seen them change their dimensions many, many times. You know, my favorite <laughs> okay. G.I. Joe move is when they have a regular face. They rip off the regular face to reveal the helmet fully face masked underneath the human face. Look, if right. they can pull off that maneuver over and over again, they can change their dimensions and size. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or the times when they have just the mask on their face, they pull it off, and all of a sudden they're eight inches taller. Yes. <laughs> also a thing. Uh, yeah. We also have not explored the fatal fluffy angle here. Could it just be a fatal fluffy that works at the circus in this oh. amusement park? Wait, were the they form? weren't they big? Didn't they? Oh, they were small and well, got they big. They start little. They blow the whistle. They become very big. <laughs> they were sort of tribbles. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I'm just I'm not trying to say that this one episode of Deke Era G.I. Joe Cobra World could spawn its own cinematic universe, but I'm not here saying it can't. Look, if Marvel if Marvel can spin off 80 different TV shows based on one comic book, we can surely sell five TV shows based on this one Deke G.I. Joe episode. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Look, Peacock <laughs> is not doing real well against Netflix or Hulu. They need content. Oh boy, we got to step in <laughs> with the Cobra World Cinematic Universe. That's the right. I'll, I'll get. To, I'll see if I find Tony's phone, Tony's phone number and give him a call. Tell him to get. Yeah, the, honest, just reach out to me online, Doug. If you can give me any answers here, look, I'm not telling you you have to, but if you find a way to do it. And you want to give me these answers for future episodes for the people at home? Look, I won't be mad at you over it. That's all I'm trying to say. I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll 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 put in a call. <laughs> hey, that's that's even if you don't, the fact you said you would already is more than I could have expected. <laughs> Guys, and that is Cobra World. That is the episode. Uh, Doug Booth, thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's been a true joy having you here with us to, to talk about all this fun <laughs> stuff. Um, is, is there anything, uh, we, we asked you before if there was anything you wanted to plug or anything social media. You're not really a part of that world. Uh, now, no. are there any good movies or books that you'd like to suggest for the people at home? All the ones that I'm working on that haven't happened yet. Yes. <laughs> Stay can't tuned. talk about Stay well, tuned. when they do, mm-hmm. when they do, let us know, and we'll put a link in our on our Facebook page to them. Oh, I will. I oh, will absolutely. Indeed. I will. We're here indeed. to we're here to plug literally anything you ever want to share with us. <laughs> if you want to come back on and talk to us again, just to do an advertisement for whatever vehicle uh, that you're piloting. Uh, we are here for it. So yeah, what we've got fun. some loyal what listeners on the, put we'll, that on the who will now. be very. Oh, interested. that's good. All all five of them, right? Hey guys. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> Hey, we have a solid 20, and they're all part of our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com. Wow, that's tremendous. You can finance the G.I. Joe clown show. I think I think you got it. You can just do if it. We in just, if we just leave the money in there long enough, we'll have it. We'll have enough to buy the rights to the G.I. Joe clown show, I have to assume. Sponsored by GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If we had put our Patreon money into GameStop, we would own the rights to G.I. Joe right now. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. That point it might be actually true. <laughs> but, okay. But Doug, thank well, you so much. Uh, uh, Chan, Gina, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Meh. Nope. Me neither. Check out the Who Would Win show. That's the thing I do. Okay, I've said it. I'm <laughs> on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, cool. So let's do a little bit of the, the, the housework here. Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Join our Facebook group. You can also, of course, go to our Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. I believe we are up to 21 patrons now. So plenty of you guys out there love what we do, listen to the show, and want to support the show in a financial way. $5 a month gets you access to our super secret vault, which is over 400 plus episodes of this show from all, all the episodes of GI Joe and the know your Joe mini shows we did and all the other cartoons that wow. we've done. The Ninja Turtles, Transformers, uh, and glow, glow friends. Yeah, it's all in there. We've done them all. And we've got interviews wow. too. interviews Tremendous. with That's buzz true. interviews with uh, Christy Flint, Marks, Flint, Christy Marks. Uh, of course, our Bill Ratner episode and our Neil Ross episodes as well. But I believe those might actually be in the uh, uh, the main feed as well. But hey, support us on Patreon. You like what we do. We're, we're doing <laughs> it. And then we hope to line up a few more guests as we be- get uh, ending season four and make our way on to season five. Uh, we want to keep bringing in wonderful people to talk to. And, and Doug, you are one a wonderful person that we have talked to. Thank you so much for your time today uh, and Yojo. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a pleasure meeting all of you. 
Absolutely. So, guys, uh, you can hit us up on social media. Obviously, we have at G.I. Joe Podcast is our Twitter feed. Individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPM. I'm at Gina Ippy. And again, Doug, you've been wonderful. I'm going to say it 9,000 more times before we get out of here because this was an absolute joy for <laughs> like us. I- I'm glad that you had a good time as well. Uh, at least don't don't tell me if you didn't. Like, I'm happy to accept <laughs> your worst face value. <laughs> so until next time, Doug, do you have any words of advice for the people at home? Any proverbs to live by? Uh, tried it last time. Just keep living. Keep being who you are. Good advice. You're here to that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.